You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking, and today is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about everything health. Food, fitness, nutrition, diet, lifestyle, exercise, disease, drugs, stress, supplements, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and ask the question. We're going to get to the questions in just a little bit. Kim, welcome and Happy New Year. Oh, happy New Year, Kevin. How are you feeling today? Good. You know, I, I know it's only a date on the calendar. It really isn't any different than any other day or week. But there's something about starting a new year, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So why not? You know, embrace it. Yeah, the interesting thing is, you know, I've been talking about how optimistic I am about business. You know, a lot of our shows are all about business and success. And a year ago, I I was looking at trucking saying, I don't even know what to talk about. I don't see anything in the news. Nothing was really all that exciting or optimistic looking. And what a difference. You know, 2017 was a really interesting year and set up a, a lot of things that I think are really, really good for the trucking industry. I think there's a lot of opportunity, and I don't like to predict too far out. So I'm going to say I think the next five years look really good. Things could change, but there's clearly a lot of opportunity, and and it looks like it could stay that way. I got thinking about the same thing um, early this morning when I started getting prepared for this show today, that even though there's incredible amounts of bad news around health. I mean, I can find some of the worst statistics ever. And you look at some of these and you think we're doomed. We're we're just going to die off as a species. It's that bad. You you look at the rates of diabetes, the rates of heart attack, the rates of cancer. We've been fighting cancer for how many decades now? And yet it continues to get worse. All the money spent and it's getting worse, not better. Um, I'm watching an eight-part series on the opioid epidemic in this country, which I've talked about before. I follow it closely. The more I see, the scarier it is. They don't even think we've peaked yet. They think the worst of this is yet to come. I, I was watching this documentary, and it was in Huntington, West Virginia, right across the line from Ohio. And their their overdose rate is 10 times the national average. The documentary was following um, a, a female. She was the, at the beginning of the show, she was actually the deputy fire marshal or deputy fire chief. And at the end, she actually w- became the first uh, female fire chief in West Virginia's history, which was kind of a cool story. But the, the documentary was to follow her around during the day. Well, throughout the day, they would try to interview her. They would sit down and they would ask questions. Every time they tried, the alarm would go off and they'd have to go to another overdose. Five, six, seven of them a day in this tiny little town. 
it, it's it, so we could get really, really mired in all the bad news, but I would much rather spend time on the good news. And I got looking at, you know, the things I've been working on and testing and the results I've had. And the good news is it is getting much, much easier to eat really healthy, high quality food. I, I am to the point where I kind of feel bad for my local grocery store because I don't go anymore. I, I almost everything that I eat now gets delivered to my door between subscription services for meat, produce, pantry items. Um, I actually found another new service. You know, we've talked about Thrive Market a lot. That's where I get all my pantry stuff because it's so cheap and they have mm -hmm. really high quality stuff. There's a service that Lisa found and showed to me that's actually cheaper than Thrive, significantly cheaper for the same types of products. And they even do some meats and, and other things. It's kind of an interesting um, concept. You, what you have is a local drop point. They, don't, they do deliver to your door, but it's fairly, it, it's more expensive to do that. You're going to pay for the shipping. If you can organize a local drop point or join one that already exists, and you know where I live, it's nothing but tiny little towns. I found three drop points that were within five miles of where I live. They'll, they'll drop at each one of those points once a month, but between three of them, it, it's three different weeks. So you order like a month ahead of time, and then the truck shows up at the drop point, and you go pick up your stuff. If you want to be the drop point, you actually get some discounts and some other stuff. Their price is excellent. I haven't ordered from them yet just because of timing, but it, it's becoming so incredibly easy. And we're working on things to make it even easy in the truck. Uh, in fact, yesterday or the day before and today, I've been spending my time. You know, I, I showed you how I cook with components, make a bunch of things ahead of time and, you know, freeze them or store them. And then when it's time for a meal, you just throw them all together and make something. So I have that 25-quart pressure canner. We've talked about, you know, canning the high quality meats and, mm -hmm. you know, your own meals at home. You can can them. And, and once you pressure can something like that, you can carry it with you in the truck. It doesn't need refrigeration. That way you can control the ingredients. So everything now for me is grass fed, pastured, organic. And I can do 20 pounds of beef or chicken. Now, I'm not canning it this time. I'm putting the meat in 25 or 20 pounds of it in this pressure cooker canner and I just pressure cook it 45 minutes and the beef or chicken just falls apart and shreds. And then I just take it out and vacuum pack it one pound bags and freeze it. When I want a meal, you thaw it in, you know, minutes, you've got good high quality meat. It's already cooked. So it's easy to make a meal like that. And, to do 20 pounds of beef, the, the total time of my labor from getting it ready, putting it in, the pressure canner takes about 45 minutes, but I don't have to do anything. It's going right now. Uh, in fact, if you would remind me before we start the second show, I have to go turn it off. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking when I put it on that it only takes 45 minutes. And then I thought, oh, we do the show for about an hour and a half. So, um, 
But when I'm done and then I'll, I'll let it cool overnight in the refrigerator and then tomorrow I'll vacuum pack it one pound package. I have about an hour labor to create 20 pounds of really high quality, you know, grass fed pastured beef. And I usually end up getting about four quarts of really good meat broth out of it as well. So I just, you know, pour that into mason jars and freeze that. Now, if I want to make a soup, a stew, tacos, burritos, whatever, you know, whatever you want to make, throw it on salads, all kinds of things. Really, it's pre-seasoned. You can open up the package and eat it. It's that convenient. So I'm just very optimistic. I think a lot of people are going to continue to get less and less healthy because everything about our society these days is pretty unhealthy. But I'm also optimistic that if you want to get healthy and eat better, it's becoming so much easier than it was just a year or two ago when we talked about this. Yeah, you know, um, I saw on the Today Show this week, they had a whole bunch of fitness people and nutrition people, that kind of stuff, would give like one pointer. And this one lady just really, it just really spoke to me and, and, and just, just really spoke to my heart. And she just said, like, start every day. And she actually showed, you know, a symbol like raising your hand almost reminded me like a yoga kind of move. Um, but as you raise your hands, you say, I am, and then bring your hands together and bring it down to your heart center and say, committed to myself. And what you're saying, like what you're talking about, all your, the preparation work you're doing, um, you're committed to your health. You're going to back up and take the time and prepare um, what you need to make that happen. And, and I think I, we see it with our highway people, the people we get to work with, those that do take that step back and, and prepare, um, prepare their truck for success, their home for success. They don't find themselves in um, food emergencies, as Dr. Hyman calls it, and they're able to stay on that path to health. I just think there's so much in our control to make that happen, and if we do that, if we commit to ourselves first and do what it takes to, um, because we all know what our healthy self looks like, can do what it takes to get there, move towards that. Um, I think it will be a very promising year, very promising outlook on health. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned dark, uh, Dr. Mark Hyman. Did you see what he has starting on uh, the 17th of this month? Um, no, I've seen his emails come through, but haven't been able oh. to back up and read them. Well, we are off. hammered here at Let's Truck. Yeah, I know we are. I have it. Yeah, I have it uh, ready to read. We, we are blessed to be that busy, but you're right. It's, uh, it does make it a little hard to get to those things. I'll tell you about it when we get back from this break. I'm excited about it and a lot of other things. We'll be right back. Stick around. Kevin Rutherford, this is Destination Health. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. So, Kim, he's doing a, uh, I think it's an eight-part documentary series online. You can watch it online. It's free. I think it's like an hour a day. And it's all about brain health. So he covers the whole gamut of, you know, avoiding Alzheimer's, dementia. He talks about ADD, autism, all kinds of, um, you know, brain ailments, and also how to improve our brain and keep it healthy. So, uh, I think that's a, a great topic, and his material is always good. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, you just mentioned something else, and, and I love that whole thing about starting the day that way. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was New Year's resolutions. I, I've never been a big fan of them. 
Um, it, but it, this is a good time to make a change. There, there just seems to be something natural about saying, look, you know, here's what happened last year, but here's what I want to happen this year. I, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is their resolutions are way too big. You know, they're not working out at all, and they commit to going to the gym four times a week. And even the way that I've taught people to set goals in the past can create this same kind of pressure. You know, we tell people, be really specific about your goals. You know, don't just say you're going to get healthy or say you're going to go to the gym four times a week. Well, I'm kind of rethinking that. The problem that it sets up is it's not realistic. You're not going to go to the gym four times every week. The odds of that happening are slim to none. And when you go three times, many people feel like they failed. And then they'll start to slack off. And that's why, you know, we have that whole phenomenon of the gym is jam-packed in January and by March it's back to normal again. But it goes for all resolutions. You know, if you say I'm going to save $1,000 every month and you only manage to save 700 then people feel like they failed. Yet 700 was way better than saving nothing. Going to the gym once is better than not going at all or just getting out being active. I, I would stay away from a gym, honestly. Um, you know, find an activity that you can just go do that keeps you busy and active. It, and don't stress so much about, you know, being a stickler for the details. Uh, I was reading an article by Dave Asprey this morning, and he, he says... His New Year's resolution, and I kind of like this, is he just wants to be a little better every day. That's a good one. Yeah, it kind of takes the pressure off. Now, you also can't get so mm -hmm. lax that, you know, you're you're really kind of fooling yourself, saying, well, I, I got a little better today because of this. So you got to find that happy medium. You know, don't make it so strict that you're just not going to stick to it and you're going to feel like you failed and don't make it so lax and vague that you do nothing. And the other thing to remember, we've talked about this, but this is really important. Um, willpower is like a muscle. You know, nobody is going to go from being a couch potato to running a marathon next week. We don't do that. You can't. Your body's not physically capable of it. But somehow we think we can go from not being disciplined, not having goals, not working towards being better to being superhuman in a week and you know and we fail at it because willpower the ability to make better decisions because isn't that really the only way we change our life is to make better decisions yeah i mean it yeah, really is yeah, it, it's the decisions we make every day and we just make better ones the the thing is though we have a decision muscle it, it's actually called decision fatigue as you go throughout the day, the more decisions you have to make and the harder they are, the more willpower you have to exert, the less of it you have. Just like a muscle, it gets tired. And there's tons of research that shows by the end of the day, you're making much worse decisions. One of the studies I thought was fascinating, um, in case anybody listens, ever ends up in prison and you know needs to go in front of a parole board, you want to make sure you go in front of the parole board in the morning. You're much more likely, significantly more likely to get a favorable parole hearing in the morning than you are in the afternoon. And it's the whole decision fatigue. Oh my gosh. Yeah, isn't that crazy? 
I, I love books like that that yeah, you know, prove yeah. these points with kind of strange examples. Um, so you can get decision fatigue, but just like a muscle, if you start slow and you focus on making good decisions and then you notice when you get tired and just be mindful, pay attention and don't make big decisions as you get tired. You know, later in the day, try to try to make your bigger decisions in the morning, but push yourself a little bit more each day, just like you would if you were working out or trying to build a muscle or trying to build, you know, aerobic capacity. You increase a little bit each day and pretty soon you become one of those people that have that ability to make good decisions all day long. But it takes time. So don't don't push yourself. That too much. Push yourself a little. That's the uh, that's the New Year's resolution lesson for today. Um, one other thing, and then we're going to get to the calls and questions. I uh, got my results back from my vitamin D and inflammation test. Uh, oh. Yeah, interesting. So, okay. on vitamin D, the the acceptable range is like thirty-two to a hundred. And all the research I've read is the higher you are on that chart, the better off you're going to be. You know, 32 might be acceptable, but it's not optimal and you will still see some problems at that level. I was only 36. So clearly, um, and that was with some supplementation. I think I mentioned this last week. One of the sleep supplements I've been testing actually has quite a bit of vitamin D in it. So... I would have been under optimal without that. Um, it's the time of year. So, and I purpose, I, I was trying not to take any vitamin D supplements at all so I could see what my level would be like this time of year. And I didn't realize that sleep supplement had so much vitamin D in it. So even with that, I was at 32. So now what I'm doing for the next 60 days I'm taking our the um, vitamin D emulsion we have in the store and the new supplement that we just got in, which is the A, D, E, and K emulsion. And I'm going to take those for 60 days and then retest because clearly my vitamin D number needs to come up. The good news was on the inflammation test. And this is, they test for what's called C-reactive protein, which is our best biomarker of inflammation mm-hmm. anywhere in the body. And the thing about inflammation... Almost every single disease starts with inflammation. Um, Diabetes has an inflammation uh, factor to it. Heart disease is purely inflammation. Things like arthritis, inflammation, pain anywhere in our body is inflammation. So finding out how much inflammation you have in your body is is pretty important. So this is a, a good test. This one, I'm much happier with my results. In fact, I'm ecstatic. Anything less than two, and this is a pretty small scale, so it's not like 32 to 100. This is a pretty small scale. Anything less than two is optimal. I was at 0.5. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I was very, very happy with that. I mean, I, I think that clearly is the result of, you know, eating very clean for two years, working on stress and sleep and all the things we talk about doing on the show. And, you know, if you can keep your inflammation levels down there, your odds of contracting any kind of chronic disease goes way, way, way down. 
Uh, this is one of the best markers we have. So uh, we're going to look at getting a good inflammation test into the store. Um, I don't know if it'll be this one I took. I I liked it. It was uh, fairly reasonable, reasonably priced. But I think that's another test that I'd like to get in the store. Uh, and this was a combination. One test, and they did both vitamin D and inflammation, which um, two pretty important tests. So I was happy with those. Well, my vitamin D I wasn't happy with, but I was happy to know. And now it'll be really interesting to see how high I can bring that with those two supplements over the next 60 days. And I'll also try to eat, but I already do. I eat a lot of foods that are pretty rich in vitamin D and it's just not enough. This is one of those things I think that unless you live along the equator somewhere and you spend a lot of time outdoors, you really do need to supplement vitamin D. Yeah. Are you still taking on digestive wise? Are you still taking like the beta TCP? I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm considering starting again. Um, my digestion feels really good, but I, I know I'm probably not digesting and assimilating the fat soluble vitamins as good as I should. Uh, and that's where the, the two emulsions come in. That's the beauty of those. They're, those are all the mm-hmm. fat-soluble vitamins, right. which are really important, and they're already emulsified in fat. So when you take them, your body absorbs them really well. That's why I'll be excited to see the results on that. But I should probably think about doing another round of the um, Beta Plus or the Beta TCP and just see what that does as well. All right, I've got to get to a break. We're going to come back. And we're going to get to your calls and questions right after this break. Stick around. Kevin Roth. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. Kim, anything uh, you want to talk about? Or should we get to some calls? Nope. Not really. Not really. I'm just... Uh... I'm looking forward to getting back to Florida. I'm a true Floridian now because this Ohio weather is chilly. <laughs> <laughs> it happens fast, doesn't it? I, it does. It does. Yeah. I, I remember that transition well, so I know what you're going through. All right. Let's uh, let's get to some phone calls. We Kim, we have a very special first caller. Oh, nice. Yeah, we, we normally don't. Talk to Bruce Mallinson Ah. on Wednesdays. That's normally Tuesdays. But, Bruce, welcome. Uh, Hi, Bruce. Kevin, thank you. Hello, Kim. And, uh, yes, I'm sure you're cold in Ohio, but it's still cold in Florida. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, we're praying for snow out here in Colorado and Wyoming and Utah. Uh, Nice. But Kevin, the reason I decided to come on your show, I, uh, I'm starting my ketogenic diet. I've been tinkering and playing with it because I hit a total of 194 pounds over Christmas, and I'm down to 185 now. And Good. Going down a pound, pound and a half a day. But, man, I'll tell you, it sure is hard to sit and relax for the last hour of the day and watch television and not have ice cream or cake or cookie <laughs> or piece of chocolate. So. <laughs> So that's, Bruce, that's, that's that's harder to give that up than it is to make a living. No, I agree. So what you have to find are, and if you're going to eat some carbs, that's the best time to do it. 
It actually helps stabilizes your sleep a little bit. You just don't want to go overboard. Um, Lisa found an amazing line of chocolates that are completely sugar-free, and they are really good. Good quality ingredients. It's not a bunch of junk. Like sometimes substitute foods, especially packaged, can just be junk. But these aren't. These are real good quality. They've got, you know, one with almonds. They've got one that's a really dark chocolate. Uh, I think they have a sea salt. Um, and I am just drawing a total blank on the name of them, though. Um, Lisa's listening, so maybe Is she'll... Kylie? No, I don't think that's it. Lisa's listening. Maybe she'll uh, send me a text message. But So there are some some good substitutes. There are also, you know, if you don't mind doing a little bit of work like I talked about at the beginning of the show, I made some really awesome little what we call fat bombs the other day. And the ingredients were coconut, which is good for you, avocado, which is really good for you, lime, and a little bit of local raw honey. So, oh, and dates, which are also good for you and sweet. So it's a sweet treat. You make these little, um, like little pies almost. You, you use a food processor with the, the uh, coconut and the dates and just a little bit of honey. And that forms into a crust. You just put them in little molds. That forms into a crust. And then you take the avocado, some lime juice, and you grate a little of the lime peel you can put a little honey in there, too, if you want. You get that nice and smooth in a food processor, fill up the little cup with that, and freeze them. And the avocado lime comes out like ice cream in this little frozen coconut shell. And it's got a little bit of sweetness from the dates and the honey, and it feels like a really nice, decadent treat. And it, it actually helps stabilize your blood sugar. Or you could... Order some monkey brittle from our store when we have it, because that's a really good balance of carbohydrates, fat, and protein for right before bed. Uh, Lily's chocolate. That's what it is. And you can get it on Thrive Market. Lily. That's the chocolate. Yeah. Well, you can get it at Whole Foods and just about any health food store. And I've been uh, eating that for the last couple of years, and I do like it. Yeah. The main reason I called is yesterday... On yesterday's show, you know, we talked about the 14-hour rule, and I mentioned that it would be impossible for me to be an owner-operator because I like to sleep in a two-part day, especially when I'm driving across country. And even even now, it's very hard for me to shut off my mind. The only way I can shut it off or give it a rest is the snowmobile, ski, uh, ride the motorcycle. If I'm bicycling, and I'm and I'm still thinking of the trucking industry and how much easier it is to go up the grade when you drop excessive gears. Instead of dropping one gear on a 21-speed bicycle and really cranking on the pedals, drop two or three, and you'll go up a little bit slower. You might be pedaling a little faster, but it's so much easier on the body. And the same thing happens to your engine and your drivetrain and your drive tires on your truck. And so bicycling gives me a little bit of a mental break, but not completely. So it's back to this sleep thing. You know, I, I like to do three, four hours and then work and then do three or four more. And you had mentioned yesterday that you were going to talk about sleep. So I did buy that SR1 machine that you bought. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. 
Yeah, here's the thing about sleep. Um, and I've been testing and testing and testing, and I'm still. And the good news is I'm actually going to open the next show um, talking about sleep, but we can certainly talk about it now. Uh, the thing I've found about sleep. Oh, I, okay. I thought. Oh, no, that's fine. No problem. We'll, we'll talk about it because I like this topic Thanks. and there's a lot to talk about. The thing about sleep is this, it's similar to the whole health thing. You know, people will call me all the time and they'll say, Kevin, this hurts or this isn't working right. What can I take to fix it? Nothing. Nothing. There are no quick fixes. There, there isn't one thing we can do that's ever going to solve a big problem like this with our health, our sleep, our stress. We have to get really disciplined about doing a whole bunch of things. So what I've found about sleep is all of the things, and, and I could probably write a list of 30, but, it, but I'll go through some of the big ones. One of the first things is sometimes you have to start to force yourself to wake up a little earlier each day. That probably won't apply to you. I know you, you do that already. But the other thing is get exposure to bright light as soon as you wake up. If, if the sun's shining, even in the middle of winter, go stand outside and look up at the sky for, you know, three or four minutes. If the sun isn't out, even a bright LED light. If you, you can get solar lights and there's some mood lights on the market, you want exposure to those first thing in the morning. What it does is it, it resets the whole sleep clock. And the minute we reset that, we start building up a chemical that they actually call the sleep chemical, adenosine. And the longer we're awake, the more adenosine builds up, and that creates what's called sleep pressure. So if you've ever been at that point where no matter what you do, you just can't keep your eyes open anymore, you're just exhausted, that's a buildup of adenosine. So by getting up first thing in the morning and exposing ourselves to really bright light, we, we reset that clock and the adenosine starts to build up and the whole melatonin cycle um, will get more regular, which is what we're looking for. So that's the way to start the day. If you have caffeine of any kind, you shouldn't have it after noon. Um, caffeine takes a long time to, to get completely out of the body. And caffeine is one of the chemicals that blocks the buildup of adenosine. So that's why it keeps us awake and, and makes us more alert. And I drink caffeine in the morning. I like it, although I'm cycling off of it now. I do at least two days a week with no caffeine at all. And I only do one cup of caffeinated coffee uh, the other five days. Throughout the day, try to be as active as you can. Even little things like, you know, I, I've always been... I try to be really efficient with my time. So if I have to walk upstairs, I try to think of everything I need to do while I'm up there. I, I stop doing that. If I have to make four trips up the stairs, I'd, I'd rather do that now. Might take a little more time, but just those little changes to keep you more active throughout the day. If you can get in even a four or five or six minute really intense workout, you know, just stair stepping, you know, on, on a stair, you don't even need a machine. Um, you know, four or five minutes of a really intense workout with some dumbbells in, in your office. Anything like that is going to help. Starting later in the evening, you want to make sure you're not eating, you know, big meals or even snacking too close to bedtime other than that one. You want to have that one late night kind of snack that's got some carbs in it. 
but has some protein and fat. Um, that's a good thing. But your meal, your last meal should be three or four hours before you go to bed. And you should start really dimming the lights or turning them off completely and avoid your phone, avoid tablets and computers, you know, even the TV. I know it's a nice way to kind of sit down and relax, but that light hitting your eyes blocks that melatonin from really starting to put you into that sleep cycle. So I've got plenty more of that coming. We will talk about that more and get to more of your calls and questions right after this break. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothenberg. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me, and Bruce Mallinton is here too. We're talking about sleep. Bruce, you suffer from the, you and I suffer from the same thing. It was funny when you were starting to talk about sleep. You went off on bicycle riding and trucks and tires and rolling resistance and gears, and that that's how our brain works. And you're right. Sometimes it's really hard to turn that off. Um, the other thing I, I would highly recommend you do throughout the day. Um, is, is meditate. And it only takes a couple minutes. Um, there are tons of great apps you can get on your smartphone that walk you through. It's called guided meditation. And those will help kind of reset the brain back into that rest and digest mode. Cause you and I are a lot alike. We tend to get into that fight or flight mode just because we're always doing something. We're always thinking about something. So, Anything that will reset that, a walk outside, you know, a couple minutes of meditation, the more often you can do that throughout the day. There is another device um, that I've tested. It's similar to that little device that you wear when you sleep. It resets your brain waves with electrical, but it's a much bigger, much more powerful. And you actually put the, the, uh, connectors, electrodes, whatever you want to call them, right on your temples. And you do this throughout the day. And you can even be doing other stuff while you do this. I think it lasts for 15 or 20 minutes, then it turns off on its own. But you set the intensity on this one. And if you turn it up too high, you can actually feel it. I mean, you can feel the electricity on your skin. And the other thing that freaked me out the first time I used it if you close your eyes, it is like a strobe light behind your eyelids. It's really bizarre. But what that does is it uses electrical stimulation to, to reset your brain waves into that rest and digest mode so that you get out of that, that sympathetic you know, fight or flight mode that we can stay in all, all day long if we're not careful. So you can do that once or twice throughout the day. And again, that helps your body that night be able to get back into that mode. You could get a, and that device is fairly expensive. It's why I don't talk about it a lot. It's another $500 device. You can get what's called a grounding mat pretty cheaply. Um, and those you actually, you, it plugs into just the ground part of an electrical outlet and you lay it under your sheet. And it, it gives you that same grounding effect that you get by walking outside barefoot, which is really good to help reset our sleep cycles. So that's a pretty simple, inexpensive way. Then you, you get to what we refer to as like sleep hygiene. When it's time to go to bed, you should do nothing in your bedroom except sleep and have sex. That's it. You shouldn't 
eat in there. You shouldn't watch TV. You shouldn't play games. Maybe reading, um, if reading will help you relax. But even then, you don't want to read books that would stimulate your mind too much. So if you're going to read at night before bed, you would want to read books that you don't really have to think a lot about or that they don't stimulate the thought process too much. You're really better off doing nothing in bed. So I, I've changed. I don't read nearly as much in bed as I used to. I'll go sit in a chair somewhere and read. And then when it's time to go to bed, I go into the bedroom, turn off the lights, go to sleep. And they're, they're now saying that even the tiniest amount of light in the bedroom can affect your sleep. Like, you know, the little indicator lights you might have on a TV, a blue or red light or on a cable box or they say you should cover those up with tape. That that light can affect your sleep that much. You should have blackout curtains. They claim if you want the best sleep, you shouldn't be able to see your hand right in front of your eyes. The room should be about 65 degrees and it should either be dead quiet or you should have white noise in the background. One or the other, whichever one works better for you. But what you don't want are intrusive noises that would wake you up. A car going by, a dog barking. Um, so if you can't get it completely quiet, then you're probably better off with white noise. And the optimal temperature, 65 degrees. And cooler is better as long as you keep yourself warm. So I actually like 50, 55 degrees and, and a lot of blankets. I mean, that's when I sleep best. So those are the big ones. I mean, there, there's a, a whole bunch more you can do. But if you're really disciplined about those, and that's the hard part, life gets in the way. But, you know, I, I did about a two-week test where I tried to stay as disciplined I, as I could on all those things I just talked about. And eating a good, clean keto diet actually helps. I took my sleep scores from the scale on sleep scores is zero to 100, and there's several different devices. I use three different devices to test it. My average sleep score was in the high 70s, which really isn't that great. They say like 80 is the minimum if you really want to be getting good sleep. I took it from the high 70s to the low 90s and actually had two nights of perfect scores, 100. And then I got less disciplined and my scores have dropped back down to the mid 80s again. Well, you know, I, I do a lot of the things you mentioned, and the exercising is the biggest thing. My morning routine, I lay on a Beamer pad, which is made in Germany, and it puts a DC current up through your body and open up, opens up the capillaries and all that. That's only eight minutes, but I do 20 minutes of stretching, and then I'm on either the total gym, the elliptical, the uh, stationary bicycle. I do have the flat bench, the dumbbells. So I do work out, and I have been working out since I was 27. I don't do the caffeine in the evening. And meditation is something that I've tried with my mind that will take off and goes on one of my mechanical thoughts. Try, but, uh, try the I did try walking outside in the grass this summer. Good. Good. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that. I've tried walking mm -hmm. outside in the grass barefoot. Certainly can't do it in the wintertime, but... Uh, and my chiropractor is very much into health, and we talk about that quite often. The uh, eating three to four hours before bed, that, that really helps. 
But it's shutting down the mind. Sometimes when I lay down, I start thinking, okay, I want to do this. I need to do that. You start thinking, oh, this guy has a problem with this engine. I think I know what's wrong with this one. And then it just starts. The probably the best. And sometimes I ask myself, where did that? Yeah. Now, I, I the I'll best say to myself, two things, where did that thought come from? You know? Exactly. The best two things to help with that, that electrical stimulation device, because it literally forces your brain into that other mode and you know just a disciplined routine of meditation and and bruce you've been working out you know all this stuff you've water skied snow skied you know if you try to snow ski one time a year you're never going to get any better at it you know you know if you didn't go out and water ski as often as you did you would have never been any good at it Meditation's no different you know, it's always hard in the beginning. We hate stuff we're not good at. So we tend to give up on them. But if we understand how important they are, you know, skiing, water skiing, snow skiing, all those things you've done, you you stayed at them because you love doing them. And because you stayed at them, you got better and better and better. And the better you get at something, the more you enjoy doing it. Meditation's the same way. Nobody likes it in the beginning. Uh, you just got to kind of push a little bit more each day and then pretty soon you get good at it and you start to see the benefits of it and then you enjoy it. So because your particular issue seems to be your mind more than anything else, those would probably be the two most important things you could do. Hey Bruce, I'll send you an email with the two um, guided meditation. One of them is like a guided hypnosis um, app. That one um, you pay for but there's a free one out there called Insight Timer that they have very specific ones as well for sleep. But also the ones Kevin mentioned, like doing those during the day, you can look at them and see how long a duration they are. So even if you just have five minutes where you can have some quiet time for yourself, you can search for one for that. Um, I found that has helped me uh, tremendously with sleep. Please do. Okay, I'll be looking for that. And and that would be wonderful. One more thing that I talked about, Bruce, um, early in the show, I did that vitamin D test. Vitamin D is critically important to sleep. Vitamin D and vitamin B12. B12 is so important for sleep. I take a supplement that actually has, let me go look at this or I'll get the number wrong. It's got like 200,000 times the recommended dose of B12. Because B12 is so hard for our body to absorb, you've got to almost overload it with B12. But that'll help sleep. And vitamin D, this time of year, almost everybody is deficient. So you might want to consider taking a vitamin D test. Um, It's a home kit. You poke your finger, you put some blood on a card, you send it back a couple weeks later, you get your results. And then based on where you are, we could recommend how much to supplement. But the closer you can get your vitamin d level up into that 80 or 100 range i'm actually down in the 30 range right now the better you're going to sleep so hopefully that helps have kim email that information to me also about the which vitamin d and where to get the kit and which vitamin b12 will do thanks so much for joining us bruce that was a nice treat we're uh we're all out of time We will do it again, and we'll continue this into the next show because that's where I was going to talk about sleep as well. We'll be right back next time. Thanks for joining me. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always. We 
the hard work and master the journey. Kevin Rutherford. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking, and today is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about everything health, food, fitness, nutrition, diet, lifestyle, exercise, drugs, disease, training, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and ask the question. We're going to get to your questions in just a little bit. Kim, welcome. Hi, Kevin. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, you know, the end of last show, we had a, uh, a special guest, Bruce Mallinson, joined us to talk about sleep. And Bruce and I are a lot alike in that area. We, we have that one factor where our mind just won't shut off. And it, it him and I have talked about it many times. So all the testing, all the research I've done, just like you know, nutrition and food when it comes to health, there are no quick fixes for sleep. Our lifestyle is horrible when it comes to sleep and it's getting worse. So it's really a matter of doing as many things right as we possibly can. And it's not easy. You know, I, I, I talked with Bruce and went through a whole list of things you could do throughout the day. And that was really only about half the list. If you could do all of those every day, your your sleep will improve tremendously. But it's one of those things, it, it's once you break it down and look at it, it's not that complicated to understand, but it can be really, really difficult to put into use every day. It is. And you'll find different things work at different times. I've settled on two things that are like my go-to no matter what. Um, and, well, let's make it three, but I have to have a cool room. Um, I use an iMac actually um and it works really well but the key with that is first thing in the morning i think you mentioned that I, as soon as my alarm goes off it has if it's so it has to come off so that i let the light slowly yeah. wake me up um so so like you said those little tiny um uh lights like maybe from your uh you know like a alarm clock or um, you know, we do have a TV in our room and you're not supposed to, but like that cable light, little tiny ones right. is enough sometimes to stimulate your, yeah. your senses. Um, and the other thing, the guided meditation, the guided meditation, um, has really worked really well for me, but you might need to pick in, you know, it, it, it's an ebb and flow thing. Try different things at different times and, and be committed to it. That sleep is a priority. That's number one. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. You know, we, we'd all love that quick fix. You know, we'd love to just go about our day like we normally do and then have a supplement we could take that'll put us to sleep. There are none. The, the interesting thing I found about sleep supplements, I'm not talking about drugs. I'll talk about that in a second. The interesting thing that I found about sleep supplements, whether it's 5-HTP, melatonin, uh, there's a ton of valerian, kava root. I've gone through all kinds of them. They seem to be pretty effective sometimes when you first take them. And I don't know if that might be the placebo effect, which is absolutely a real thing, or I I don't know, but they never seem to last. And I've talked to other people. I'd say, you know, I took that in the first week. I slept great. Now I'm back to sleeping the way I used to. And, And at some point, I got to the point where I could try every herbal sleep remedy on the market. They did absolutely nothing, not even for one night. 
So there isn't a supplement. Those things can help in the right amounts. We have to be careful about that. Melatonin's a big one. I see melatonin supplements that are four and five milligrams, and the optimal dose is like 0.3 milligrams of melatonin. And there's a lot of research that really says melatonin probably isn't going to work for most people anyway. So there are some supplements that can help your sleep, but they're usually not the sleep supplements. It's things like making sure your vitamin D levels are high, high enough, making sure you're getting enough vitamin B12 and especially early in the day. B12 and vitamin D are two supplements that you almost have to supplement. It, it, they're almost impossible to get enough of those out of our food. So those are two supplements I tend to take definitely during the winter time. Uh, the B12 I, I'm now taking every day because it absolutely did help me. Um, but it, it's like you said, it's being consistent about all of those little things day after day after day. The, the meditation is a huge help. The problem is it's difficult to get started. It's difficult to get to that point where you're good enough at it that you see the benefits. So you've got to get through that initial you know, two or three weeks, sometimes a month of being, you know, disciplined enough to just go do it, even though you don't want to. And it's frustrating. Um, and then you hit that tipping point and all of a sudden the meditation becomes enjoyable and you look forward to doing it. You feel the effects of it and that can really help with your sleep. The, the other interesting thing, um, of just finished a really, really good book on sleep. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago called Why We Sleep. And I'd learned a lot. And it, it was an interesting read after all the testing I've done. And one of the things that I kind of sort of knew, but didn't really pay a lot of attention to is how important deep sleep is to our immune system. So not just the length of sleep, but spending enough time in, in what's referred to as deep sleep. And there are devices on the market that will measure all of this now, light sleep, deep sleep, and REM sleep. And we get different benefits from all three. Our immune system benefits the most from deep sleep, having three or four or five cycles overnight of deep sleep. And that's one of the things that really improved for me. I, I, my deep sleep got much deeper and longer, and it was really good timing because we are in that part of the year right now where everywhere I go, somebody is sick. Everybody uh, everywhere seems mm -hmm. to be sick. And this yeah. year, whatever's going around seems to be pretty rough because people are fighting it off for yeah. seven, 10 days, two weeks. And... I haven't been sick in a couple of years at all. I mean, maybe a little thing here and there and then it goes away and I think, oh, well, that was good. So Christmas Eve, um, we went to a party and not a big party and I didn't do any drinking at all, but um, I ate late into the night. We stayed up late and I went to bed and I woke up at about three in the morning and I've never been woken up out of a sound. When I went to bed, I felt great. I woke up at three in the morning. I felt like I was in the grips of a really bad case of flu. My head was pounding. I was nauseous. I thought it might have been food poisoning, but then 
none of the other symptoms really matched. And I thought, oh my God, I, I got the flu and it came on so hard and so fast. I managed to get back to sleep and I woke up the next morning and sure enough, I thought, I'm sick. And I went back to bed and I spent 20 of the next 24 hours in bed. And when I woke up, it was gone completely. And I really believe that because I I had focused so much on sleep for those two or three weeks prior, that my immune system was strong enough that I was exposed to the virus. I got it. And my body fought it off that well that, you know, and I slept for 20 hours. And, and I really think that my immune system was strong enough. And by, by allowing myself to, to sleep, I just knocked it out in, in that 24 hour period and it was gone. I mean, I, you know, it took me a day or two to really feel like normal again, but I, I was pleasantly surprised. And I really do believe it was sleep in the immune system that did it. Yeah, and I think we had talked about that even last year, like around the holidays, that was what, um, and you even talked about that, the flu, flu season in general, that, that people, you know, the stress there sleeps down and their, um, their immune system's down and will catch anything that comes along and hang on to it longer than we'd like. Yeah, the other thing I learned in the book, you know, the, the correlation between stress and sleep, we thought it was really high stress that causes you to sleep poorly, which it does. But this researcher who spent his whole life researching sleep believes it really starts the other way around. That poor sleep causes your body to stay in that fight or flight stress mode throughout the day, which then interferes with your sleep the next night. And it's a vicious circle, but he believes you, you don't fix it by trying to reduce the stress as much as you do by fixing the sleep. So... Reducing stress is part of sleeping better, but you have to do yeah, all those yeah. other things mm-hmm. we talked about. And he really believes that if you fix the sleep, you will be less stressed throughout the day. Yeah, I believe that too. Yeah, absolutely. There's the music. We're going to get to a break. We're going to come back and we'll get to your calls and questions right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We're talking about sleep. So, Kim, you know, I I, I did some more experimenting over the last couple of nights because that's what I like to do. Um, I know you you still wear your Zoom, don't you? I do, but um, I also got, my kids bought me a new Garmin watch, okay. a multi-sport watch that also tracks, also tracks my sleep. And it's very, very similar to um, the Zoom, except I'm missing the, uh, uh, what I'm saying, my V-score. Oh, okay. Got it. So I've been playing with both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So -hmm. that's actually what I was going to talk about was when we use the Zoom to measure HRV and we get that, you know, that cool little chart where it shows it's the, I think there's mm-hmm. nine, nine grids to it. And the higher you are on the, the grid, the stronger your nervous system is. The more you are to the left in the grid, the more you're in the, you know, rest and digest parasympathetic mode. And the farther you are to the right, 
the more you're in the fight or flight sympathetic mode. So I, I have, I've been way up at the top. I mean, very, very strong nervous system. And over the last couple of weeks, I've also taken a lot of time off. You know, I, I kind of committed that during the holidays, nothing ever gets done anyway. So I, I was just going to take a lot of time off, relax, not go anywhere, not do anything. Um, so Lisa and I took more time off in the last couple of weeks than we have in a long time. And I could see the difference. My nervous system got even stronger. And I'm usually in the top third anyway. And it was very well balanced and really trending towards the rest and digest parasympath or the yeah the parasympathetic mode so the last couple of nights i thought all right i need to get back to work i i've got some big projects i have to get done i'm gonna cut my sleep short by about an hour to an hour and a half because during the last couple of weeks I was letting myself sleep. I wasn't thinking about a time to wake up. And I was staying in bed some mornings till 7, 7.30, getting eight, eight and a half, some nights nine hours of sleep. And I said, thought, okay, I'm going to try something. I'm going to, I don't use an alarm clock. All I have to do is say, I want to get up at five in the morning before I go to sleep. And I wake up at 10 minutes to five. Um, so the last several nights I've done that. And I've got up between 4.30 and 5 in the morning. My sleep quality has been excellent, but my sleep duration I cut way back. I am still way up at the top for the strength of my nervous system, but I am full-blown in the sympathetic mode now. I am in the fight-or-flight mode. That's oh, not, wow. It's not necessarily a bad thing when you want to get a lot of work done. To be in that mode, if you have a nice, strong nervous system and you tend to, you're trending towards that fight or flight, you can get a lot of work done. You just don't want to stay there too long. That's when you start to burn out. Right. That's when the, right. you'll lose all that energy in the nervous system. So it was really cool to track that. When I was sleeping and just letting myself sleep as long as I wanted, I was really moving well to the left. And just two or three nights of cutting my sleep short, even though the sleep was really good quality, I am full-blown in the sympathetic mode. Wow. Yeah, that's, a, um, that's the only time that my um, V-score and all that would go down. Um, I only got in the red like one time, thank God. But it was, um, it was sleep-related. Yeah. yeah. It, it's powerful. You know, I am... Um, We've always known sleep was a big part, but we kind of treated sleep almost like the redheaded stepchild. You know, we would say, yeah, sleep's important. But I wasn't putting a whole lot of effort into really making it better. Not like I was on the nutrition side. Now, the more I research, the more I test, the more I see, it is really important. And, and you've said your doctor of Chinese medicine thinks it's more important than nutrition. So did the, the guy who wrote this book. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, I wish I had an easy answer for people, but there isn't one. Just like food, there's no easy answer. You just have to do all the right stuff and you have to do it consistently. And, you know, you, you just work at it and continue to make it better and better. But there's no quick fix. You know, you, you've just got to be disciplined at, at, you know, changing some of those habits, making better decisions. And again, just like the New Year's resolution, don't try to do it all at once. You're going to fail. Pick one or two things that you're currently not doing um, and, and start doing them. You know, 
pick a couple things that seem mm-hmm. like they might be easy to get started and get started, but you got to be consistent. And then you have to keep, as you get comfortable with that habit, then you have to add the next habit. And when you get comfortable with that habit, then you add the next habit. And three months from now, if you do these things consistently, you'll be sleeping much better. And, you know, we like everything right now. And some people say, well, three months, that's a long time. Yeah, it is. So you could either start now and in three months be sleeping better or do nothing. And in three months, you'll be sleeping just like you are now. And you'll be just as unhealthy. Exactly. Exactly. Time's going to go by whether you do something or not. Yeah. So yep. Start now. All right. What do you say we get to some calls? That sounds great. Let's get started in Missouri. Mike, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Um, you were talking on a previous show how bad some of these supplements are. I don't know if you've heard of Doc Paisley. He was a Navy SEAL. Now he's a, a, a doctor for them, um, and he was saying how bad that the Ambien is, that that's what they, they used to take, the Navy SEALs, yes. and the, the effects from that, especially with guys with, with weapons and explosives and stuff like that, and they do all their work at night, and the, the, it's just as bad, I guess, with, with a truck, you know? Well, um, I have heard of him. In fact, I, I wasn't going to let this out yet, but I will. Um, the, the sleep supplement that I'm taking and really liking, the one with the high vitamin D, is actually his supplement. It's a powder. You make like a tea out of it at night. Okay. Just drink it. Uh, and I'm glad you brought up the drug side of it because I, I was going to touch on it. And then I got I'm in that fight or flight mode. So I'm all over the place. I have high energy, but I can't stay focused. Um, the drugs are horrendous. I Seriously, they should they should outlaw them. They're so bad for your health. And the problem is that we sleep for very specific physiological reasons. We have a light sleep cycle, a deep sleep cycle, and a REM sleep cycle, and they do very different things. And hundreds of things are happening while we sleep. When you take any of these drugs, you don't sleep. They don't put you to sleep. They put you into unconsciousness. And during unconsciousness, none of those things happen. So people feel like they're getting more sleep and they say, well, I know the drug might not be good for me, but I'm sleeping and I really need the sleep. The problem is you're not getting sleep. You're getting unconsciousness and and the body is literally destroying itself while that's happening. The the most I talked about this last week, I think, Kim, that that really, really, really rare disease where people absolutely can't sleep at all, not e- not even for oh, a minute. Yeah. Their brain will not yeah. shut off and go to sleep. Once that disease occurs, the person will be dead within 30 to 60 days because without sleep, your body will destroy itself. And that's basically what's happening on a much, much smaller scale when you're taking any of these sleep drugs. Now, I'm not talking about the supplements. They They aren't all that effective, but they're not hurting anything. But these sleep drugs are putting you into unconsciousness and your body is basically destroying itself slowly. Well, my, I guess my question is, um, I, I'm not sure how I sleep because it's, it's just me. So I don't know how I sleep. I, I know I, I um, 
turn over during the night quite a bit, but I, I know I dream every night also. How, how can I find out how good my, what kind of sleep I'm getting? How I can help you with that. Cause I've tested at least 30 different devices and apps on sleep in the last three or four years. I I've gone back and forth and I'll test for a while and I've been pretty extensively testing here lately. The one good thing is if you sleep, if you dream a lot, and you remember them, even if it's just for a minute or two after you wake up, because dreams tend to fade the longer we're awake, that's a good sign that you're you're getting to REM sleep, because REM sleep is when we dream. And if you are one of those people that dream virtually every night or very often, then we know that you're getting to REM sleep, and that's good. But if you want to be able to track every stage of sleep really accurately, Hands down, the best device on the market is called the Sleep Score Max. And I think it's only, I think it's less than 150 bucks. It's not a really expensive device. It sits like somewhere near your bed, like on a headboard or a nightstand. It should be within arm's reach of you, but nothing attaches to you. You don't have to lay on it. It just sits on your next to your bed or close to you somewhere. And then it's got an app. And um, I'll tell you more about that right after this. Stick around. This is Destination Health. Kim is with me. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We're talking about sleep. It's the big topic of the day. And I'm talking with Mike in Missouri. So, Mike, I have an interesting history with this device. About three years ago, when I first started testing, like, some of the wearables and the apps, and they, they just, they were okay, but they weren't very accurate. And I found this device on the market, and it was actually called the, the ResMed R Plus or S Plus, I think. And I bought it. And it was incredibly accurate. And I was shocked. And I I loved the thing. And then I read an article right after I got it where they did, they tested all the sleep devices on the market and they tested them in a sleep lab and they tested them against, you know, the really precise sleep equipment they use in labs where they wire you all up with electrodes. They said the wearables... Yeah, they were okay, but the information just wasn't that great, wasn't very accurate. They couldn't tell if you were in REM sleep or not. But this device that I had, they said, came really, really close to the professional equipment. It was like 130 or 140 bucks. So I was really excited about it. The problem was they took it off the market and they stopped supporting the app because I had one and my app was still working, so I didn't care until... I did a phone upgrade one time and it broke my app and they didn't support it. So I had the device sitting in the closet and couldn't use it anymore. That has now been brought back on the market and it's the one I just talked about. It's called the Sleep Score Max and it it is incredibly accurate. Sleep Score Max? Sleep Score Max, yeah. Okay, I've got one other question that's not on sleep if I can. Sure. Um, I've never had a problem with, with I've never had a problem with um, reflux or anything like that ever. But and I've been doing bulletproof coffee for quite a while, and I, I get it from from that. I'm not I'm not going to give it up. I'll I'll live with it if I have to. But I 
I don't know if there's anything I can do about it or, or yeah, not, because I, I seem to get that quite a bit now. Since it's fairly recent, you don't have any real history of it. I, I'd start with something easy, like uh, before you eat, take like a tablespoon or so of, of good raw apple cider vinegar and see if that improves the symptoms. Uh, and it might even make it go away completely. And if it does, then I would just keep using apple cider vinegar. If it improves it, but it doesn't completely eliminate it, then I would recommend taking a hydrochloric acid supplement. Okay. Before I have the bulletproof coffee, take yeah. take that? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and if, if that... All right. If it doesn't work, then there's some other places we could go look. But my guess is something's going on that, that is decreasing your stomach acid. And it can just happen with age. Um, if we have a really, really clean diet, we're doing a lot of things right. It shouldn't happen with age, but it, it can. And it, it, normally heartburn is caused by too little stomach acid, not too much. So the apple cider vinegar will actually stimulate your stomach to produce more acid. And it's just a quick, easy way to test to see if that is the problem. And if it is, sometimes the apple cider vinegar will fix it. And, it, and if so, I just keep doing it. If it improves a little bit but doesn't go away, then you can take a hydrochloric acid supplement when you eat or right before you drink the Bulletproof coffee, and that'll take care of it. Okay, great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Uh, let's see. We're going to head off to Washington. Jared, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. What can I help you with today? I've got two questions. Okay. I've got um, on that that can um, pressure canning that you're doing. Yeah. Um. What were my questions? I've been on hold for so long, I forgot. That. <laughs> um, yes. Um, are you, are you, at, I, I looked on YouTube a while back, um, and they were saying that the fat on the meat, if you're pressure canning, can ruin the meat. And, and I've always heard you talk good about fat meat. Uh, meat fats. Uh, what what are what are you doing on that? Are you adding the fat in when you're can pressure canning them? Well, I'm not adding any fat, but I don't work very hard to take any away either. So I, I tend to buy fattier cuts of meat. Um, stew meat, I like nice fatty stew meat. Even ground beef, I like it to be you know seventy thirty, not eighty five fifteen. And I don't really work to take any out. I read the same thing. I don't really know what they're referring to. High temperature, um, which pressure canning is, uh, isn't great for fat. It can kind of oxidize fat. But, you know, if if we think about it, we cook, like I, when I make um, any kind of fried foods, I, I, I love wings. I, is Bruce still on the line with us? Um Oh, no, it looks like Bruce dropped off. I was going to bring Bruce on because I was talking about chicken wings. And Bruce and I, uh, every time he comes to the house, we always have wing night. Um, but I cook my wings in, in beef fat, beef tallow, in a deep fryer at 300 degrees, which is way lower than restaurants use. 
because the lower you keep the temperature, the less damage you're going to do to that fat. I realize at 300, I'm still doing some damage, but you know, some things in life, I'm just not giving up and chicken wings cooked in beef fat are one of them. But when you pressure can, even at the highest pressure setting of 15 pounds, the temperature gets to about 230. So I'm doing less damage to the fat pressure canning than I am deep frying. So I don't worry about it. I mean, it doesn't have any effect on the taste that I can tell. Food comes out of those cans and jars tasting excellent. So I read and saw those same things. I just don't see it. Um, I, I don't see it being a problem. Now, what will happen, and this is just a visual thing because you're canning in glass jars, the fat will rise to the top, and especially because I don't try to get any of it out of there, and you'll get that kind of layer of fat on the top. And people look at it and go, oh, that doesn't look so good. Well, it does to me because I like fat. So it, it might be a visual thing for some people. Yeah, um, I like it too. Um, and um, I, I've, I've lost, you know, I'm a truck driver and um, I'm just trying to uh, make it to where it's easier out here to, um, to you know, where I don't have to cook all the time and there's just not always time. And, um, um, the, the second question I wanted to ask, um, was, um, uh, I seen that on YouTube to where if, if, cause I did buy a pressure cooker at Walmart and, um, um, but on YouTube, it's saying that you should use a, 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 a pressure can, uh, the, a yes. pressure cooker now, this to do is, the meat. This is important, really important. You don't want to use a pressure cooker. Okay. You don't want to use a pressure cooker for pressure canning. They don't develop enough pressure. Now, it, it'll work. It'll seal the jars, but you run into the danger of creating botulism in that meat, and botulism can kill you. So the, the, the pressure cookers, oh. like the instant pots and those kind of things, which I love for cooking, I have, an in, I have two of them, and I, do, I cook in them all the time, but I absolutely will not pressure can in one of those. They don't develop enough pressure. So you have to buy a specific device called a pressure canner, and they're not electric. You actually have to put them on a cooktop. I do mine on a, uh, a propane burner because it, it's so big. Um, I, I just find it easier to do it on a on a open propane burner. And mine's twenty five quarts, so it's big. But they're um, the the brand that I absolutely recommend and love. I don't get paid any money for this, but this is an amazing company. It's called All American. Get an All American aluminum canner because they don't use a rubber seal. Theirs is machined so well that the aluminum to aluminum itself creates a seal. That's how well machined this thing is. And they are just excellent. Now, you can pressure cook it I'll, as well, but it will go up all the way up to 15 pounds of pressure, which creates enough heat that it kills all the botulism spores so that your meat will be completely safe when it's canned. 
Thank you very much. And then and that's called an all-American aluminum canner. Yep. I have the, uh, they have several different models. I have the 25-quart model. It's a big one. And like I said, I can do 20 pounds of beef pressure cooking, or I think I can do eight quarts or nine quarts, quart jars, and a whole bunch of pint jars. So it's uh, it's a lot of capacity. I think if I'm going to take the time to do it, I want to be able to get as much done at one time as I can. Uh, we'll be right back with more stuff. Stick around. Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. We're down to the final segment. Kim and I have been talking about sleep and stress and nutrition and all the things we normally talk about. Um, Kim, you know what, uh, how long have we been doing this now? Oh gosh, we passed our three year anniversary in November. Three years, went past three years now. The time has just flown by. Um, and I look back at how much time we've spent on nutrition. You know, we, we, just talked about diet and how everything we've been taught about diet was just wrong. Um, the, the whole fat thing, the whole cholesterol thing, the salt, I mean, all the things that we were told were so bad for us, turns out that those are the things that are really good for us. You know, we have to make sure they're good quality, good quality fats, good quality salts. Um, but we absolutely need those things to be healthy as humans and we were told to stay away from them. Well, all of this information has been out for a long time, and yet you hardly see any change in the mainstream. Um, we know that you know drugs just aren't good for us. The side effects are horrendous and getting worse constantly, and yet I- I'm shocked at how many commercials there are for drugs that I've never heard of. Drug after drug after drug mm-hmm. hitting the market. And a drug will be out on the market for, well, I'll see the commercials for a couple of weeks. And the next day, I know I see a lawsuit. It's killing people. And it just seems like that's the norm now. But, but we've spent a lot of time on nutrition. And I think, you know, our regular listeners have got the lessons. You know, good quality fats. We do need animal products in our diet. Um, we have to cut way back on the carbs and the processed uh, sugars and eat better quality and, you know, more vegetables and more organic vegetables. Um, in the last show, I talked about, you know, convenience because I get it. We're busy. It's how we got into this, though. We wanted everything convenient. We wanted everybody else to do the cooking and the food preparation for us. And we can't let that happen. I mean, not if we want to be healthy. Um, and I just can't think of anything more important than health because without it, you can't enjoy any of the other things that are important. And, and now we're taking that same focus and putting it on sleep. And the more we focus on it, the more we're starting to learn that, you know, this really is really important. And now I think back, I remember you telling me probably a year or two ago when you first started going to the doctor of Chinese medicine that she believed that sleep was more important than nutrition. And I, I kind of, I heard it, but I let it slide by. Um, and sometimes it takes us a while. And I, I, I've read enough 
now and I've done enough research that I get it. We have to focus on sleep just as much as we did on nutrition, maybe even more. Yeah, and we have to give ourselves permission, too. I think a lot of us feel that um, if we sleep, you know, the eight to nine hours or whatever, you know, uh, optimal for ourselves, um, that we're being lazy. You know, we've heard right. people quote, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Well, yeah. it's kind of ironic. <laughs> yeah, it is ironic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, that uh, lack of sleep could lead you there a little quicker. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Give yourself permission to sleep. Give yourself permission. Yeah, we we have been in this society where it was like a badge of honor to say, I've only been sleeping four hours all this week. I've been so busy. And, you know, we, we think that that's a great thing. It's, it's absolutely not. It, it will kill you. And it, and it will, you know, I, you're right. That's a very ironic quote. I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I've said that one. I, I've, I've said that. It, and I, I'm glad I finally learned after 54 years of walking around on the planet that that was a really stupid attitude to have. That um, I, I do give myself the time now. And, you know, if I am really busy and I have a project... I, I don't know that I'm going to cut that one hour of sleep even. I, I've read some research where just one hour right. less of sleep. So I, I'm going to start looking for other ways to make up that time instead. You know, we, we always look at sleep as the one thing we could do without if we have to. You know, if we're just so busy, there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't want to give up anything else, but we'll give up the sleep. And that is a really, really big mistake. So... Um, I'm, I'm glad that I, uh, finally got that one right. Hey, we've got a caller. Let's get to a question. We're going to head off to Georgia. Mike, welcome to the program. Hi guys. Great show. Just wanted to find out more information about the, uh, Brian, the, the brain health, uh, webinar that's coming up. If you had some information to give us sort of course, to look for it. I, I'm sorry. Say that again. Hmm. We talked about a webinar earlier on the show that's coming up where the guy is going to have this uh, oh, yeah. tell us about our, the brain health. Yeah, Dr. Mark Hyman. Let me see if I can find the information on that. Kim, I'll send it to you, and if we could um, get it posted up on um, the Destination Health page. Absolutely. Okay. Um I don't know why I'm not finding the email. I just had it here. Um, I will find oh, that. Um, Have you found it, Kim? I think I got it. Okay. Yeah, I had an episode about the broken brain epidemic. Is that the one that you're... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, he's going to have like eight shows on it. Yep, that's the one. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we'll get that up on Destination Health on the Facebook page. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I think it's actually brokenbrain.com, I think. So I'll get that I'll get that posted. Okay. Oh lovely, okay. Perfect. All right. So um Kim, one other thing I, I wanted to talk about before we wrap this up. I had it on my notes and I said that I was in that uh high energy fight or flight mode, which makes me a little flighty. I can't seem to focus on one thing at a time. Um and this is interesting. There, you know, I, I've said, you've probably heard me say this years ago. 
even before we got into the health thing, I've always said I suck at multitasking. I, I can't do it, so I just don't. Um, and I used to think that that was maybe even a flaw, you know, because kind of like that whole thing, well, I'll sleep when I'm dead. People who can multitask really well or believe they can feel like they get a lot more work done. I just couldn't do it. So, so I don't. Um, I realize I'm really bad at trying to do two things at once, much less three or four. So I almost never talk when I drive. I can't have a TV on or noise in the background when I read, not even music with lyrics. I, I will listen to things like Yanni or, you know, uh, Baroque music or even jazz with, with no lyrics. That helps me read. But anything with lyrics, it, it affects my reading. Uh, if I'm working on one thing, anything, my email is turned off. Text messaging is a challenge for me because that's how we communicate in our company because we're all scattered all over the place. But there are times when I just turn that off and, and I ignore it because if I have to get something productive done, those things really bother me. And a 30-second text message and I can lose 10 or 15 minutes of concentration to get back to where mm -hmm. I was. Well, mm -hmm. it turns out they did a very large study on this. Uh, it was in the Harvard Business Review. First off, multitasking is technically impossible. You can't do it. We do what, what is referred to as task switching. It's impossible for your brain to think about two things at once. It can't do it. What you can do is if you're doing something physical, like putting things together or knitting or, or anything physical, and you're, you get really good at it, your brain can do that on autopilot, maybe while you watch TV or do something else. But that's one physical thing and one mental thing. We can't do two mental things. It's physically impossible. It's been proven. It's mentally impossible. So you do task switching. Your brain goes back and forth, and sometimes it does it really quickly. Every time it switches back and forth, you lose data. So first off, it's impossible. You can't do it. And this review says you should absolutely stop trying to do it because there is a 40% drop in productivity if you try to multitask rather than focus on one thing till it's done. And multitasking would be answering a, an email or a text while you were working on something else. Um, huge amounts of increased stress and get this, a 10% drop in IQ. Hmm. Huh, so that's interesting. Yeah, the, I'm a terrible multitasker. Quit, yeah, yeah, quit, <laughs> I own it. Quit, quit the multitasking because it's not good for you. Here's the other statistic. The average worker only spends 20% of their time on crucial and important things. 80% of the workday is spent on things that have little or no value. We're going to talk about that more next time and help you figure out how to stay focused on the things you could be doing throughout the day that do have value. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Kim. This is Destination Health. Kevin Rothbard. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work. Master the journey.
Thanks for tuning in to the Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.